podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, welcome to another episode of Courtside Fracker. Uh, this week I'm joined by two good brothers. Uh, Kay, how you doing, man? I'm good, bro. Happy and healthy. No complaints. Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. And Jeff, how you doing, man? It's been a while. A lot's happened since we last saw you. Bron's got his fourth chip, fourth finals MVP. Players are moving about. Teams are teams are making moves. Um, Would you? Yeah. <laughs> but we'll, we'll, we'll get into. I mean, yeah. Another pod. We won't. You won't get me. You won't drag me into to one of these back and forths. Um, today's the Raptors. Um, but before we do the Raptors, we do have to catch up on this week's NBA. The, the NBA doesn't ever rest, does it? There always yeah. seems to be something going on. And this week has been busy as well. So we'll start with uh, a certain Mr. Daryl Morey. So after resigning 13 years at the Rockets, in that period, the second most wins behind the Spurs, uh, third best record in the James Harden record, only bested by the Spurs and the Golden State Warriors, unfortunately, weren't able to win a chip or get to a finals. Um, the face of um, analytics in basketball, the face of a Sloan conference. Uh, I was of the opinion that he would um, take a couple of years off and come back and join another team. But it seems like he's gotten right back into it. And he's ended up at the 76ers, joined Doc Rivers, Elton Brand and, and that gang and that and that uh, interesting situation. Um, yeah. So just to get you guys' um, thoughts, I'll start with you, Jeff. What, what are your thoughts on Maury going over to the 76ers? It's interesting, to say the least. Um, I've seen all the mock trades and what have you. Um, listen, we already know Maury. You know, I don't know how it's going to work with Simmons and Maury, but maybe he'll play with the five. I, I anticipate a trade, if I'm honest with you. I do believe that he'll move either Simmons or MB. I think it might be MB and he'll try and rock with Simmons. Um, I like the move. Elton Brand has not been a good... GM as far as I'm concerned. Some of the moves he's made have been egregious to say the least. Like um Hofer's contract is one of the worst in the league. Tobias Harris is far behind. Um <laughs> so he's definitely not good, done a good job. So I think getting Maury in, I'm a big Maury fan, I'm not gonna lie. I think he I think he's too um money more based, but at the same time, I don't think anyone can say I've, I've seen people try to denigrate his his time at uh, Houston. Bro, in, in those, what was it, 13 years there, they had the second best regular season percentage um, or winning percentage in that period. Um, they reached, what, two conference finals, uh, a host of uh, conference semis as well. I mean, even if you want to say it didn't work to uh, the extent where they, they won the chip, you know, Moribor definitely worked. They were successful. Yeah, you, but you know how it is, man. If you don't yeah, win a yeah. chip, everything you've done is invalidated. Yeah, um, but he definitely, to me anyway, uh, had a successful tenure in, in Houston. It's a good move. Um, I think with the right people around him that understand that. We've seen the Lakers win it um, just a season gone with, with, with bigs, do you see what I'm saying? And, and, and not just forcing the free ball. Obviously, it's a lot of outside shooting, but not just the three ball. A lot of it was in to out. Um, I think with the right people around him, Maury can build a squad that can get the best out of either Simmons or Embiid. If it's both of them, fair enough. I just don't assume it will be. I think he has to make a move um, on one of them, especially with the contracts they have. They're going to have to package one of those Wolford or Harris deals um, and definitely get them out of there, which probably is going to need um, either Simmons or Embiid attached. So we'll see how he makes it work. But yeah, I like yeah. the move. Yeah. Almost like that one in the middle, four out. But yeah, Simmons and Embiid just... It might be Simmons the five. That's yeah. what I think. I think if they... if I, I really think if, if Simmons were to listen to the right people, you could understand that him playing small ball five would be just a, a crazy mismatch. Um, yeah, he's, he's perfect for it, man. Defensively, he's great. He's long um, in terms of his wingspan. So, I mean, defensively, he'd be, he's not exactly a rim protector, but... I'm sure he'll, he'll, he'll try and block some shots. And um, as well, he ain't sure. Yeah, just in terms of the spacing you get with him at the five, or even at the fourth, most of his um, most of the time that he's on the floor. I think, yeah, I actually I trust Maury to work something around uh, Simmons more so than Embiid. I think Embiid might the one might be the one that he'll listen to to offers for. 
Cool. Um, um, yeah, that was a great, brilliant breakdown there, Jeff. Um, how about yourself, um, Kay? What, what are your thoughts on Maury going over over to the other side? Either way, yeah. Two of those four that have been mentioned, they better get in contact with moving companies because they're not sticking around. Like, they're in trouble. And that includes Elton Brand. Like, like Jeff said, he's just been nothing short of a substandard GM. Like, some of the moves he's made yeah. nonsensical. And to have three men, or four men, sorry, over 6'9", you got Harris, Embiid, Simmons and Horford all making at least 27.5 million. I don't know who signed that nonsense off because that don't make any sense. And what, no one rich either. It doesn't really make any sense. It doesn't yeah. make any sense whatsoever. So, yeah, I think he's going to probably look to get rid of someone and that's probably going to be Embiid and another because Embiid didn't get something back for Horford. No one's really taking that contract. Because Embiid, even though he's injury prone, but he's top two big man in top three big man in the league. So, you know, you can get something back for him at the very least. Harris, I don't know what they're trying to package him with, but I, like Jeff said, I expect a trade and I'm not really sure what they're going to do, but I'm pretty sure they'll, st- they'll stick it out with Simmons because we've seen every year the marked improvement and he's not as, I say, as injury prone as Embiid. And long term, I think he'll probably fit Maury ball a lot better because Maury don't want his centre shooting threes like Embiid tries to do every now and then. Whereas a small ball Ben Simmons, both on offence and defence, could be a real asset to them. And then let's see how they move the pieces around. So it'll be interesting to see, but we'll we'll see what happens. And I think this is the perfect place for that experiment, obviously, is the East. Which is, facts, facts. Yeah, um, we'll see. I've been, I've been reading up on them and everything they got going on. We can't even get into much detail, but that off-season autopsy, 76ers, that's going to be a doozy. And I'm gonna make sure I'm I'm available for that because yeah, from from the front office all the way to the, the the coaching all the way to the players, yeah, a lot going on at Philly. Um, second thing I wanted to talk about was the Brooklyn Nets. Obviously, size not here for this week's episode, but it will be for the off season autopsy. So across the last few weeks, we've seen them add Steve Nash to the coaching team of Kyrie, Kevin Durant, and now they've added Amari Stoudemire last week. Now, Mike D'Antoni again, another of Houston has bounced back. Ugh, gotta love this league, man. Keeps people in the money. So Mike D'Antoni has bounced back and Ima Adoka has also bounced back with him to join the Nets coaching team. What are they doing over there? What What are they actually trying to achieve, do you guys think, when you when you look at the the, the, the pieces that they're bringing in to join the, the coaching staff? Good value. I like it. I like it. I personally like it. No, go on. Go on. No, no, they're here for a good value barbecue, man. But nah, in all seriousness, I'm not sure. I mean, Amari's had great experience as a player and so forth. But I think Nash and D'Antoni obviously having worked together with that seven seconds in Phoenix, that could make a lot of sense. And especially if it gives the chance for D'Antoni to maybe just focus just on the offense side of things, if that's what he's coming in for, of course. And obviously you've got Nash, which is really just there as a man, manager, player, coach, whatever, to really rub the egos and whatnot, your stars. And obviously Idoka has got a good rep as an assistant. So it does make sense in the in the long term, but I'm just here for a joke, to be honest. And I'm just, I think it's going to be an absolute disaster just because. Uh, Jeff, you said you like it. What do you like about it, sir? I don't know what, people, what there isn't to like. I mean, everyone's so obsessed with the idea of, oh, these guys can't coach, da, da, da. Kyrie and, and KD have pretty much really told what it is in terms of they don't want anyone to come and tell them will show them the X and O's of, of basketball because they already know it, which is completely understandable to me. Like, no one needs to come and overcoach those guys because it's not necessary. They both play the motion offense. They, pro- they both probably know that even though there's going to be a lot of iso- uh, isolation um, ball, they're going to have to move the ball. Do you understand? Like They both aren't stupid. And I think a lot of people assume that a 32-year-old KD and a 29-year-old or 28-year-old Kyrie are both idiots and need to, to be, you know, carry across the court they don't they they follow they don't um what they need are guys that they're going to listen to so far as you know just general you know nuances of the game not necessarily the x and o's because they're both big basketball savants themselves um and can probably coach their own players if need be but just guys are going to show them the nuances of the game uh, you know show them when to slow it down etc etc just guys they 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 trust and understand um, ex-players that have been there, done it, and they respect. Um, you bring Mike D'Antoni in, he backs up Steve Nash, but we both know it's probably not going to be a lot of backing up he's going to be doing. It's going to be most of D'Antoni's work um, just with Nash at the head. 
you know, Nash is a head coach. I'm not, I'm not sure he's, you know, going to come and do too much. Um, we're not going to see him at timeouts, you know, drawing up crazy ATOs, I don't think. Or oh, I could be, I could be um, downgrading him a little bit. But I don't think it's likely. What I think you're likely to see is just, um, you know, Nash come in and show them how to be a bit more patient. You know, it's one of the most patient minds in the basketball court I've ever seen. You know, when he used to go underneath the basket, he go in and out, in and out until he find the right moment. Like, I'm sure he'll help those boys pick their spots in terms of scoring and what have you. Defense, I'm not too sure about. But again, I think these things are, are overstated. Uh, KD's always been a good defender. Um, especially that one year, that first year he got to... to he was the what yeah to Golden State and he was he was defending really well. Kyrie is actually a better on board defender than he's given credit for. It's off the ball that like I've, I've said before, ninety percent of the league can't defend if it's off ball, but on the ball, it's all effort. You know, if these guys have to put a statement out as leaders to their teammates, they'll be fine. You see, I'm coming from. I like the Nets. I like their supporting cost. I don't know how much of it they're able to keep together because of. Um, Escrow and the, and, the, and the salary cap. I'm not sure it's going to work. I'm pretty sure Dinwiddie's out of there. Yeah, um, as well. You know, they're trying to yeah. work. Going to find, you know, that third piece. Uh, they don't really think it's Levert. Maybe unless he's going to come off the bench. But they have numbers there. I like their pieces. They've talked. They've spoken about being desperate to keep Joe Harris, who I think they have to keep beyond all or 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 question. Then you've got Bigs in in Allen. DeAndre Jordan, but, you know, guys like Kyrie and KD don't want bigs that are going to need the ball inside and have to kind of force them to, to give it up away from the wings. They want guys that are going to come in and defend. That's why they wanted DeAndre in the first place. So come and defend and, and take his money and go home. If they can get that out of Jared, I don't know, they can move him to find someone else that can do that for them. Sky's the limit as far as I'm concerned. I'm not too sure why people think a couple of their appointments are, are, are worth laughter. I'd say the complete opposite, actually. I like their moves. Interesting, interesting. It'll, it'll be an interesting season over there in Brooklyn. They got, obviously, KD's coming from the, off the Achilles injury at 32, like you say, Jeff. A couple unknowns in Amari and Steve Nash. But, you know, as long as you've got two top 10 players, top 10, 15, I guess, depending on how you want to rate Kyrie. Overrides everything. Yeah. Very <laughs> quick one. Um, yeah. just, I know Jeff was saying that they need to keep Joe Harris. I'm looking now, yeah. If they could afford him, great. But after the year he's had, he's going to get paid. Yeah, I know. So he's I don't know how to but, So what they're talking about is that they're going to end up having like a salary, uh, a luxury tax bill, way worse than Prokhorov had eight, nine years ago. Um, and Pierce. They're talking about potentially 60 mil. But apparently their own have winning in one day of Bitcoin. So you could definitely afford it. It's going to be a matter of if he wants to pay it for Joe Harris or whoever it might be. But right. for once, see why he won't just say, all right, cool, I'll, I'll bite the, the luxury tax bullet. Um, yeah, I, I find with these kind of like um, billionaires from, from another land, when they when they get these franchises, they very much see it as like a statement of establishing themselves in the West, in the traditional West, I guess. And if you're bringing success with that, so my money is going to good use, I'm happy to put the money down. Yeah. But if you want me to use my money just to be coming fourth and getting knocked out in the semifinals, don't waste my time. So it's very much going to be on, on the level of success of the team. So I'll be looking forward to watching them. And the final thing I want to talk about, funnily enough, going back to Houston, uh, they've decided to hire uh, Mavericks assistant Steven Silas as, as their head coach. He's 47. He's been in the league like, as a scout assistant level since 99 so he's put in the work son of a coach as well Paul Silas who who's his father um oh. obviously in terms of X's and O's we can't really say too much because obviously he's, he's had that assistant role but he's going to be uh managing two former MVPs in Russ and Harden and obviously we know that he wouldn't have been hired without their uh green light um again you were just talking Jeff about the fact that the Nets have two um top players in KD and Kyrie. Do you see it working the same with Silas or do you think that um, with his experience he'll have a different sort of task? Because what they've got there is a remnant of D'Antoni and Maury's uh, tenure. Um, how's he going to make that all work? Well, I read um, Rocket's Twitter quite often 
and they can't stand their owner, Fertitta. Um, yeah. Talking about how how frugal he is financially. Uh, from what I've read of Steven Silas, he happens to be the he was the offensive, not offensive coordinator, but offensive coach at Dallas, who had the best offense in the league. So when I searched his name, actually, a lot of people were saying, you guys are going, who is that? Well, you can actually coach that offense anyway. Yeah. Um, they're going to have to work on defense. So this is the issue for Houston that I, I'm just not so sure. So that small ball worked. Whatever you think, it worked. Whether it worked like to the extent they wanted, they would have wanted to, which would have obviously been a championship. No, why it worked. Um, again, like I think we've got to a point where success is a thing where it's all nothing for a lot of people. That's what success is, um, which makes a lot of people unsuccessful, makes a lot of teams in the NBA unsuccessful every year, like 29 teams in fact. That's not how it works. Like the Rockets were successful with small, but I don't think offense was ever their issue. So I'm not too sure what. Silas does for them offensively. Like even Harden, Harden didn't get it wrong with Westbrook. Like they actually found a way to make it work. Um, just not to the extent where they can win chips. I don't know if bringing this coach in does anything for them in that regard. Um, the more I think of it, the more I just feel like Harden in particular finds a way to coexist with guys and almost make it work but never just quite over the hump, if that makes any sense. Um, aside from 2018, where I don't care what anyone says, bro, like Ariza went 0 for 16. I think it went 1 for 16. Uh, the team missed 27 straight threes. Like, that's one of those games. Do you see what I'm saying? Injured CP3 as well. Yeah, that, that, that was their year, man. That was their year. And, and you know, and you all know as well, Kay, that that window in the NBA, sometimes you get one chance and if you don't take it, it's, it's closed just as soon as it yeah. opens. The next year they came back. CP3 wasn't quite the same player anymore. Golden State looked just a bit more sturdy in themselves. And that was it. That was it. That was their window closed. But like you said, listen, man, they've been a successful franchise under, under Daryl Morey. The Harden era, consistently a 50-win regular season team going to the conference semis and the conference finals. So, yeah, again, it's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm glad to see a... Um, a rookie coach given an opportunity, um, a black rookie coach at that. So obviously there'll, there'll be pressure on him to deliver. But again, this is this is why I love the NBA. There's, there's always something happening. There's so many pieces. So I guess, um, will they be trying to go back to having a traditional big man? Will you still try and use the same um, pace and space, Maury ball, basketball, and see if maybe a healthier Russ this time? Because obviously Russ unfortunately got injured. And that meant that he wasn't quite the same in the bubble. I think we we saw that he couldn't dunk, I think, if, if my memory serves me right. And we're talking about Russell Westbrook. So I'm looking forward to seeing that, man. So, yeah, um, we'll, we'll keep you all posted because, again, I'm expecting him to bolster his coaching team. I'd imagine that he'd probably look to get a bit more experience on that team, somebody who's more defence-orientated. But, again, it's a delicate balance because you don't want to bring in somebody who potentially undermines you. As, as your head coach. So it has to be somebody who compliments you. So yeah, we'll, we'll keep our eyes on that. And again, we'll use our Twitter page to keep you guys posted on our thoughts. So Toronto Raptors, the 1920 Toronto Raptors off-season autopsy. So they are our former champs. They, they obviously won it all in 2019 with Kawhi Leonard. Um, so their season, they finished second in the East, 53 and 19. Uh, they lost in the conference semifinals and seven games to the Boston Celtics. Let's break it down. So let's talk about their uh, 1920 season, and then we'll look ahead to what they may be trying to do for the 2021 season. So um, Kawhi left, obviously, highlight went went over to the LA Clippers. What were your expectations for the Raptors without Kawhi coming into the 1920 season? I think most people expected them to crumble. Like they just thought, oh no, no more Kawhi. They're no longer a team. But people keep forgetting that bar obviously LeBron being in the way for the last three four years like Toronto have been one of the most consistent teams and as well not only just that they've been consistent obviously had DeRozan and Lowry but now the team as a whole was actually a lot lot better now than it was and Kawhi at the time actually joined a team that was very much ready to compete for uh, to, for the East at least and obviously we saw that got them the chip in the end so 
I think people were expecting them to make the playoffs at least. I, in my case, anyway, I thought they'll make the playoffs at least. Wasn't sure how far they get. Obviously, they got bounced by Boston, but that was down to obviously Spicy P being not so spicy in the playoffs. So, and their regular season record, like fifty-three and nineteen, like they clearly still were a very good team who are very, very well coached by Nick Nurse, of course, and led by Kyle Lowry and uh, Serge and Pascal. So. It'll be interesting to see what happens next, but I thought their season was, a, I would say, quite a success considering they've come, they've come off being champs. Everyone's gunning for them now, regardless. They've lost their All-Star and Finals MVP, and yet they still made the playoffs very, very, very comfortable. And they're the second best record in the East and one of the best records in the NBA. So and They were a tough out, but I can see Jeff there. Looks like he's ready. So um, what are your thoughts? What were your thoughts about the Raptors going into the season, the 1920 season there, Jeff? I thought they'd be decent. Um, I had them down. I think I remember doing my uh, East predictions and I said they'll definitely be a playoff team. Like, a lot of people tried to make it seem as though that was all Kawhi, but you only had to watch the playoffs to see how certain guys, in fact, if certain guys hadn't have started playing, they were getting bounced. I remember Van Vliet had a baby in the middle of that series against Milwaukee. Um, Quite unconscious. He he couldn't miss after that. Couldn't miss after that. They were 2-0 down. And what was it 2-0? Or 2-1? No, 2-0, and I was very close to being 3-0. In the third game, the the, the Bucks had a lead, a big lead, and the Raptors came and clawed it back, man. I remember. um, Was that the overtime game, double overtime game? um, Yeah, yeah. So, so many guys had big series, uh, uh, or big playoffs. Um, Even the finals, Kyle Lowry was brilliant. Siakam was brilliant. Insane. Um... Pascal, we'll get there. Um, and uh, yeah, pretty much the whole Gasol, Ibaka, like their whole team was very, very good last year as a supporting cast. But obviously, there was no real star. They thought it was going to be Siakam. And I wasn't sure if he'd make that jump, at least in the regular season. Um, so far as getting them to like the first, second, or third seed, wherever it might have been. Um, as the season went on, I was just so impressed by. Can you see me? Yeah. As season went on, I was so impressed by how well um, they defended. Their team as a whole is very unselfish. You no know, one guy thinks he's, you know, the, the star of the team, even though they were obviously trying to make a Siakam at one point. Greater um, than some of its parts, for real, man. They got guys like Chris Boucher coming off the bench, contributing consistently. Yeah, Norm yeah. Powell was doing his thing. Yeah. Player, we had a lot of guys in that team who contributed without needing to have to be the man. They even found that boy at one point, Matt Thomas, uh, the guy yep. who came off the was just, you know, shooting lights out. Do you see what I'm saying? So I definitely didn't expect them to be this good in the regular season. Um, but by the time they were, it was like, what was that even a surprise for? If that makes any sense. Like, of course they were going to be this good. Like, they proved it last season. And the regular season as well, when it becomes... A matter of how far can you spread um, your 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 squad, if you like. The Raptors have probably the deepest squad in the league so far as um, from one to say maybe eleven or might be like who comes in and contributes. Like their bench is as good as it comes. Um, Terrence Davis, Matt Thomas, um, loads of guys. I'm not even above naming. Um, loads of guys that come and score and defend. Excuse him while I'm back. Uh, those guys that come and defend as well. Um, so I wasn't shocked. By the time they got to the playoffs, I think a lot of you might, well, I know you guys know that I thought the Raps were going to win it all. Um, I was with you there as yeah. well, man. In the end, it, it came down to just not having enough offensive firepower. I'm over Siakam and his performance against Boston. But don't remind me for too long. I respect him. Like, that was bound to happen because he's only starting to get paid this year. So he was playing two millions worth in the finals against Boston. So don't worry, it ain't gonna happen again. Next year he's getting paid 29. So he signed he signed a, a four-year, he signed a four-year 130 million-ish um, contract. Is, is... Um, I think he deserves it. I, I think it's really? tough enough to say. I think it's tough for us to say that he, he he doesn't... Listen, let's look at what people are getting paid in this league now. Oh? Yeah. 
Do you think you think Chris Middleton deserves a, a big a bigger contract than Siakam? He can shoot at least. No, but do you think he deserves a bigger contract though? That's why. Because remember, he's also the second guy. And if you told him now to be the main guy for the Bucks, how bad does that contract look? Well, Middleton's at least a two-time All Star. Yeesh. Um, I mean, Siakam's a one-time. So here we go. Uh, but Siakam only turned good last year, and then when the Kings the playoffs, this I mean, year, how long was Mid- Middleton has always been a solid player for like the last four years? But 170 million solid, bro. I'm talking 18, 14, 20, 18, and now 20.9 this year. That's not 170 million worth of production right there. And, and okay, cool. So that same by that same reckoning, should we put up Siakam's numbers against Boston? I agree. I agree. I, no, I say- agree. I just think that contract he gets here yeah, get is what is what much. people generally his sort of level of player get. Harris got it, Middleton got it, and other other guys are going to get it. There's just a lot of money floating about in the league Even now. Proven. There's a lot of money floating about in the league now, and I think we'll agree there's probably five to ten guys who you can maybe, I think even ten's being generous, who you can win a chip with, and they're your main guy. But there's more yeah. than five to ten max contracts out there. So a lot of guys are going to be paid more than what they deserve. I think with Siakam, we've seen that he picked up basketball really late and he has one of these great kind of rags to riches stories uh, coming through. I think, is he Cameroonian? I'm not sure, yeah. but my man wanted to be a priest at, at, at some point. Yeah, exactly. And now look, he's an NBA champion. He's a, he's an all-star, one most improved player last year. Um, well, he's yeah. He has made a jump. And again, he, he did that thing where when players start the start of the season, the first month or so, and Paul George has done it for the last few years, um, Oklahoma and he did it at Indiana a couple of times they start the season for that first month they're like yo this guy looks unreal then the grind of the schedule starts to get to them so I think if you looked at his scoring across the months I think as the months went on his scoring got a little bit less he got a little bit less efficient um, I guess the question I'm going to ask you guys about Siakam before we get to the rest of the roster do you I'm think he has... huh? <laughs> yeah yeah we are does he have another mini jump in him um, I want to say, yeah, maybe a little one because, like we said, I mean, as the second option under Kawhi, had a career, uh, had a great year. I mean, shot fifty four percent from the field, scored sixteen a game, thirty six from three, blah blah blah. Made him the main option. Now the year later, he's playing four more minutes a game. Shooting went down to forty five percent, but he's scoring twenty two a game and what seven rebounds, three assists, very much the same as before. So I don't think the jump is going to be that much bigger, but. Yeah, he can def- he's definitely improving. Like you said, he picked up basketball late and he's only, what, 26? Like, he can improve a bit more, but I'm not sure how much more. Like, I don't think he'll be, a, like, a 20, consistent 25-a-game guy stuck between, like, 23, 22, 23 and a half a game. And then that'll be good for them. But he's not the guy to be the number one option, I don't think. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Kyle Lowry. Killer Kyle Lowry. He, he's had an interest in the last four or five years, I think. If we spoke about Kyle Lowry four or five years ago, he had a funny reputation, a bit of a joke, man. Uh, you guys saw the, the, the viral memes about how he crumbled in the playoffs, which is always a bit of a myth because his playoff numbers were solid. And like you say, Kay, yeah, like you say, Kay, they just had the kind of the monolith, LeBron, just always, always in the LeBronto, you know, he, he yeah. owns that franchise. Um, what were your thoughts on how, how, how he did last season? Because even in that series against Boston, they struggled. And he won two or three games for them off his heart and his hustle and making big, timely shots. Um, he's up for another 30 million um, next year, final year of his contract. What were your thoughts on um, Kyle, the year he had, and that, that big contract? Because I think with other teams we'll talk about in this off-season autopsy, it's kind of very clear the next moves they need to make. The Raptors are in a bit of a funny... Like, if Siakam can't be their best player... They need somebody better. But who's better out there? Who would come to Toronto? Um, yeah, they're, they're, they're in an interesting position. So let's talk about Kyle Lowry first and we'll we'll talk about the rest of it. So, yeah. He had an, I want to say he had an okay season. Like, I think his peaked, the peak of his career was while DeRozan was there. So obviously his production is, it actually went up last year, but the efficiency went down, obviously, had less moments as he normally did. And yeah, it is what it is, man. He's a 34-year-old former fat guy. Like, he's only going to give you so much, to be fair. And yeah, I don't... Like, he got the contract off the off the year of that um, NBA chip, so I was like, cool. 
get your 30 mil, you won a chip, well done. But yeah, season wasn't anything special by his standards, even though his standards, I wouldn't say are that special. Very good player. But yeah, I didn't really expect much else, especially he was just there to kind of back up and like usher Siakam through to be the next person to groom the team, obviously, as he's the older statesman. But yeah, that was it, to be fair. Was an all-star, but that's down more to their record than him actually playing very well. Interesting. Jeff, again, you do a lot. Um, what are your thoughts on Kyle Lowry, the year he had, and perhaps decisions they need to make in terms of his salary next year? Hey, do you watch, do you watch Kyle Lowry? Bro, I don't like him that much. I mean, he's good. I said he's good as No, you heard, you heard what I said. I was like, no, you're looking kind of funny. But listen, I said last year was fantastic. Great. Year before, he was doing fantastic. But his peak while he was there was last year and the DeRozan times. He was okay last year. It wasn't anything special, even though his numbers went up. Like, cool. Like, let's be honest. I can't lie. This, this, this late career, this Indian summer he's having, this late career remontada... I can't lie, I'm giving him a lot of respect, man. Bro, yeah, he has my respect, don't get me wrong. You know how I feel about Lowry, and we've been talking about him all season, actually, for a while now. Okay, mm. stay up, you don't watch him, or you don't watch him enough. No, I, you know, you know that, enough. That, from what I've seen, I didn't like that much this year. How do you watch that guy in the playoffs talking about he's past his peak, or he's past his prime, you're not that sure on him, da, da, da. He's past, he's past it, he's past it. No, 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 this, this black playoff, Remontada, cool. He had to do that, but I'm talking about regular season as a whole. He's passed it, passed it based on what exactly? Because he's six foot one exactly, about 185 pounds. So what's he based it? What's he passed it based on? Just based on previous production and what he brought to the team. I, he did great. I'm not saying he didn't do good. That's not the point. Hey, production went up this year. Yeah, but what's that based on though? That's just the fact that in their best Kawhi, player, why is not there? So he now taking more shots, and Spicy P is the second man up, whatever, or first man up, and he's there to support him. Cool. No, he's, he's their best player. You think he's the best player? That's fair. I I don't have any qualms with that, but if he's their best player, cool. But yeah, I think. I mean, you, yeah, you can argue it based on on stats. I guess that Siakam is their best player. But if you told me right now, if I'm if trying you're to watching them, I get the heart of the team. Like you'd say, like I get that, but I don't think he's got anywhere else to go after this. If you know what I mean, he's not going to raise up a level. I don't think he's going to maintain it for much longer. Like this is kind of it for him, in my opinion. If this is it for it, this is a this is a winning PG. Okay, that's fine. That, that, that's not a bad thing. I'm just saying that like, this is... No, it wouldn't be a great thing. A guy that can win you chips, well, not win you chips, of course, he's not going to win you a chip, but a guy that can be a, a, an important cog in your team for a chip, absolutely. He comes they up were one game away from making the... the 100%. 100%. And obviously, he, that's, not, that's not his fault. Huh? That's not his fault, of course. That's not his fault. Like, no, no, he's been fantastic for them. He's been fantastic at Toronto. And... Yeah, like this, like uh, Mariah said, that late remontado in his career, like this year, especially after the chip last year, was fantastic. But I don't know how much longer he can go on being, like you said, 6'1", 185 point guard at 34 and being the best player on that team if they want to do that. Because we saw how easy they shipped DeRozan. So we'll see what happens. Mm. Oh, they shipped um, DeRozan. I realised he wasn't any good to him if they wanted to be a, a good team. Of course. Like, he's, not, he's, not awkward. he's awkward for this era, DeRozan, man. Yeah, so it's a bit of a shame. 10, 10, 15 years ago, he would have been a very, very, very good player. Um, yeah. Cool. But I mean, very obvious that Larry lost the roles and then and bugged out, fell out with Ujiri, but realised that he got someone better in. I think at some point, yeah, season, it was very clear that Larry realised, oh, this guy is way better than the guy I had before. That <laughs> Because like yeah, the I think him and the Rosen are best he, friends, aren't they? So he was so he was for a bit. He tried to get traded himself. Yep. I, Messiah told him, "Brother, just relax. Like, can you not see who I brought in?" <laughs> yeah. Larry was like, Shh, "Okay, sorry, boss." Um, Larry isn't the guy that's going to win you a chip at six one one eighty five pounds, whatever it is. No one is um, at that height. Yes. Also, that we've ever had to a guy nearly doing that is AI. And he won one game and then lost four straight. So as you know, it's very hard to be the main guy at his height. But you said, they say he's 6'1". Bro, Kyle Lowry is... That you, you, know, you know how I feel about small guards, Jeff. Yeah. And he's so, not so, to I don't like small guards, but if they get up on you, when they're defending like the likes of Lowry and Van Vliet do, I'm more than fine with it. Um, Generally speaking, I like my guards to be above six four and, uh, and 
you know, wire like long at least. Like guys like Larry that are kind of and well, not he's that, but he's that but stocky, like the more. No, yeah, they're really a big fan of him because they can't really get their shots off. But Lowry's got a quick release and he's got that step back that always seems to hit for him. Um, I'm not going to stay on Lowry too long. He's key the Raptors. If anything, if you think he's going to have a drop-off next season because he's going to be 35, I'm more inclined to hear you than you saying that this season gone, he was okay, he wasn't anything special. They were one game away from the conference finals because of him, which they would have beat the Heat yeah. in. Wait. Then they would have reached the finals. And Interesting. They the... Do you think they would have beat the Heat? Yeah, I do. And they were the only team in the East uh. that had a chance against the Heat. a combination of things that they have, size, speed, and defense. So they were the only team that I felt could beat the Lakers um, from the East anyway. So they were game for making the conference finals. Apologies. They were game for making the conference finals. Had they made the conference finals, I'm pretty damn sure that from there... Um, they would have won it as well. This would have all been on the back of Lowry at 34 years of age, a year from being the second best player on their team in a six-game um, well, yeah, six win in the finals against the two-time champs. Um, Lowry's game isn't predicated on anything that should see a massive drop-off. I hear that. You buy what you're saying in that regard. I do hear where you're coming from, just based on age, father time and what have you, but Lowry's game is based on heart. Heart, hustle, hoops, hoop smarts. Um, bro, the bro the brother takes charges like no nobody else. he seems to relish them. He I seems- know that's, that's probably being a bit harsh in that sense that the drop is probably gonna come next year because this year was like you said, Kyle Lowry, what he does. Point increase. Hold hold on, Jeff. We're we're losing you a little bit here, sir. Um you're back with us. Yeah, say that again. You hear me now? Yeah. yeah, we can hear you now. Say say that again. Yeah, I said Larry's game isn't based on any sort of physicality that I assume should see oh, him yeah. dropping off um, off a cliff. Um, in fact, the majority of his game is based on stuff that I would say should seem be good for another two, three years if he wants to be. Maybe mm-hmm. not at this level here, but this level mm-hmm. here is one that I'm saying that I think you're underrated. I yeah, I think I'm Let's 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 because I feel like it's turned into a bit of a Kyle Lowry loving for me and Jeff. Let's talk a bit more about um the 1920 season. Nick Nurse, um, obviously won the chip first season as a head coach. Um, what what the analytics tell us is that um the Raptors are an elite defensive team, top five, and and they're a middling offensive team. Um, you mentioned the depth of their roster during the regular season. Um, Jeff, are there any players that you're looking at from that roster who you're looking other than Siakam to potentially to potentially make a, a little bit of a mini leap? Because I feel like they're pretty solid. Obviously, when you look at their salary situation, um Serge, who had a great playoffs, by the way, he's he's up for a new salary. He's on 23 now, so he's 31. So you're not imagining that he'll want to take a big cut. Uh Mark, he's 35 now. Um, I heard talks about him going back to Spain. Um, but again, if he does stay in the league, he'll want a decent amount. And I think, I guess, the biggest question mark is Fred Van Vliet. So yeah. obviously, he's up for a contract, along with um, Kyle, as you mentioned. that Those are their main scorers. Um, uh, pesky on defence, but they've got both, like we say, got that small kind of stocky build, which makes it difficult for you in, in the playoffs. Um, decision-wise, looking at... Um, the coaching, which is solid, um, solid, that's a disservice, great, uh, and their roster situation, what are you looking at the, the Raptors to do going into to next season? It's a good question. Um, I'm not entirely sure they'll be great this time around. I think they're going to lose a few of the guys that you're speaking of. Gasol is deaf off. I don't think there's any reason to keep him unless he's happy to take a, a vet's min. Whereas you could probably go back to Roman Madrid or Barcelona and collect that in euros and plus some. Um, well, at least that kind of salary, more than that salary anyway. Um, yeah. So I doubt they keep him unless he says, you know, let's try and run it back one more time and see what might happen. Uh, they obviously paid Siakam already. Yeah. A lot. Or there's been discussions about 
um, Giannis may be going to Toronto. Masai looks like the kind of guy, well, not looks like, he is the kind of guy who would say for a year, how many pieces do you want? And come and play here for a year. Like, win or bust. If you leave, you leave. Mm. Like, and I, I, I can see Toronto being that kind of team that for a few more years just kind of attracts a free agent for a year or two and goes on a run. Maybe we make it all the way. Maybe we don't. But it keeps yeah. the alone people in Canada high. Um, Agreed. Ibaka is a good one. So Ibaka is the one that I think a lot of teams should really be chasing. Like he, he still looks like he's like got a lot to offer and he's got outside shooting. That's one thing. One is the question. So I think you can probably get him on the MLE. I think you can. I think you can force him to take an MLE. Um, on, a very, on a winning team, on a, on a contender. On a contender. Well, if I were the Warriors, I mean, I know. Listen, man, he's African man. He's chasing the bag one more time. Come on. Oh, one more time. No, no, you know what? I think he really likes Toronto. I actually think he really likes Toronto. Like, it's one of those places where oh, he's found himself a home. Yeah. One thing about Barker as well is that he actually seems like a man who's loyal. Yeah. Like, he seems like a man who won't just walk out for three, four extra million, even though he's African man. Mm. Out for three, four extra million dollars. Uh, um, I think it just depends on, on how much of their team they're able to keep uh, next season. Van Vliet is one that will definitely, without all question, like the. Would you, would, you, would you keep him though? And how much do you think he's, he's going to go for? Just for, how much do you think he's worth on this market? Um, it's a weird one. So for continu- for continuity, continuity, sorry, you would say keep him, but then, yeah, I don't know. Like, hey, I don't, I don't, think, I, a, I don't think there's a, a yeah, but Van Vliet, you have to keep. Of course, I agree. Like, for continuity, like you have to because obviously. They ain't got anyone else at the guard other than, let's say, Kyle and then Norman off the bench, whatever. Yeah. But, yeah, but how much does he want is the question. And I'd give him 15, yeah. You give him how much? 15. Okay, yeah, that's not that bad. Yeah, I think, he I think he'll be looking fifty. He'll be looking at 15 to 20, I agree. And that's why yeah. he, signed with, he signed a short term anyway for this very reason, to get this money when the salary cap was supposed to be extending. Obviously, bar COVID happened, of course. So, yeah, we'll keep him. That makes sense. And then who else is there? Just Terrence talking. Davis is a really good player off the bench for them. I, I think yeah. I could see him or Matt Thomas making a big, a big league. Yeah, they're, they're still on yeah. level exceptions and, and minimum salary. Another player we, we should ha- talk about, um, OG. OG. He's, so OG. Was, he's getting paid. <laughs> so OG is actually the one out yeah. of him and Siakam that's got moves. He's yeah. the one that's actually got like the ability to score. Like in that situation. Siakam is very much, uh, you know what Siakam's going to do. Head down. Up. Absolutely. Driving at the rim, like OG's actually got moves, like he can he can shake a man. You see, I'm coming from OG's the one that should make the big jump for them next year. However, him and Siakam are obviously somewhat similar players. I could see there being a clash in terms of OG's development. In which case, OG seems like the perfect throwing to go and get yourself a Janice. Yeah, if that makes sense. somebody, you know, OG a couple of those boys off the bench. It's OG, Maybe. man. It's OG. OG, OG, sorry. OG, OG. <laughs> Get OG out of there. Um, Maybe. It just depends. I think you'll make a big jump. But I think if need be, at the deadline, don't... Oh, I say the deadline, but the game, the, the game. The season's going to start in a month or two. So I don't know how the deadline's going to work, when the deadline's going to be this year. Um, The trade deadline. The one that's obviously usually in February. I'm not too sure how that's going to work. But, Yeah. OG should make the big jump. If he doesn't, he's a perfect throwing piece for a Janice, whoever might be a free agent in 2021. Well, what, what this year they've got 86 on the books, 86 million on the books in this season, as all things stand. Next year it's 46 and a half. So Masai's put them in a perfect position to obviously chase whoever need be that might be. But also the reason I say I don't know with some of these players sometimes because you don't know what direction Masai wants to take them. And over yeah. that's because we've seen, like, he was ready to blow it up. Like, when we first saw he's trying to ship the Rosen and get him out of there, we got Kawhi. In hindsight, fantastic. By the time it was like, oh, my God, we're giving all that up for Kawhi, even though we know he's better, blah, blah, blah. So we just know that Masai has it in him. To take the franchise where he wants to be, he might just blow it up and might not keep the guys that we might think he should keep. So should be should be interesting to see what happens. But Masai, yeah, the, the thing that um, winning that chip with Kawhi does is it, it, it gives okay. them a certain level of respect within the within the league now. And it gives Masai basically a, a, a canvas where ownership trusts him because you've brought us a chip. 
and you can literally live on that chip for like five, ten years. Yeah, um, yeah easy. What me and Kay were discussing, funnily enough, Jeff, and then you mentioned, is that Toronto will never be a free agent destiny. I want to go to Toronto. But like you mentioned, they, they got Kawhi in. They could package a Giannis for a couple of years. Listen, you can come be our Kawhi. We'll put pieces around you. And they can literally just keep doing that again and again. Um, I think for them, the main things will have to be internal player development. Um, so I don't know if they'd want to get rid of an OG. OG, um, three years younger than Pascal. He's obviously already shown that he's a capable free and D player. And almost with how next season looks like for them, you almost want to give him that space to develop. Let's yeah, see who you could potentially be. And if we feel like you can be that guy, then we'll keep you. But if it looks like you aren't going to, because again, he's still on his rookie deal next season. Yep. If it looks like you can't be that guy, we'll package you and try and get some, somewhere else. So I think I agree with you, Jeff. Next season's a big year for OG and the Raptors because if he can become an all-star level player, now we're talking again. We're talking yeah. again. Again, you t- we spoke about Philly, them possibly getting rid of Embiid. Do they take? Do they package something to try and get Embiid to to the Raptors? And you got Embiid playing with Siakam, Van Vliet, OG, maybe not OG. So nah. With with with, with Nick Nurse, they will always get regular season wins, even more so in the East. The guy yeah. just knows the game. He knows how to. He knows how to win. Um, but in terms of off season autopsies, what how exciting we're looking or their moves are going to look in terms of next season. I think the Raptors are pretty solid, and I'm not sp- expecting anything that's really going to blow our minds. Maybe but again, top four seed in the East, a tough out in the playoffs, and it's just, um, yeah, seeing how far th- this roster can take them. And if somebody becomes available, they've got pieces to move, potentially. Um, one player I want to ask you guys about, he's, you're going to be surprised I'm even asking, yeah? Patrick McCaw. What is he about? Because obviously he was at the, the, the Warriors and um, the reason that he came to mind to me so much was because Jerry West, who we know has a fantastic eye for talent, was waxing so lyrical about him when they drafted him. Mm-hmm. Golden State fought so hard to keep him. And when you look back in hindsight, with the season they had, if he'd stayed there, he would have got a lot of touches and he would have had a big opportunity to improve. But he's there, um, 25 years old. He's, he's won a couple of three chips, actually. Not really playing a big role in any any single one of them. But Jeff, I know you, you keep your ear to the ground and you, you watch a lot of basketball. Is there anything in Patrick McCaw? Yeah, there's a lot. He can play. But he's too concerned with that. Yeah, because he's been bouncing around and it was really... Yeah. Patrick can play. Like He can handle, he can dish. Um, it's another big year for him as well. He can't really shoot, but I guess he can He can shoot in the sense that Harrison Barnes could shoot when he was at the Warriors. If it's a wide-open shot, he'll make it. Yeah. Um, like, McCall can definitely play. Like, he's not one of those guys that, that people talk about for no reason. He can definitely play. Um, I just don't see any point to him in terms of, like, do the Raptors keep him? For what exactly? What's he really going to do for them? He didn't really get much uh, burn in the playoffs. Just gone. In the regular season, he played a few times for them, actually. Um, but yeah, not really a player that, that I think swings the needle for them either way. But very talented, can definitely play. He's not, he's no bum, far from it. Yeah, I'm one with Jeff. I don't really have seen enough, but there seems to be something about him that teams can like. And we'll just see, like, this is the year for him to, like, as we say, knuckle down and see what he can give them. And yeah, they're in a great. This is probably the best time for them to do it as well because next year is really. If we did this autopsy in twelve months' time, we'll be probably wha- and they did just as well as they did this year. We'll be waxing lyrical because I think Toronto can be a free agency place, even though we said Mariah ain't. Because Vince was saying it's a great city, and now they've won a chip. It's kind of got that. Je ne sais quoi to like we're actually a proper team. Like we are about basketball, and if you're good here, you'll be adored here, and so forth. And they've got good fans, I've heard, as, we, as we've seen as well. So, All you can do when it comes down to it is, especially with, uh, with Giannis, for instance, when it comes to their, their pitch, because they're going to go at him, yeah. I show him that, here, listen, Kawhi came, left, and whatever he says was a mistake. Like, had he stayed another season, the Raps would have gone back to back. Yeah. I'm so. very, very, very... Like, you can't shake me on that. If Kawhi was still in the East right now, would that supporting cost? Like how they played this year? Mm. 
Yeah, all they needed, it. like I say, all they needed, but you put Kawhi well, into put everything they had around him. Siakam plays better because his defense is. It was too easy. Like you give Siakam Kawhi, and just the threat of having Kawhi on one side of the court opens it all up for Siakam. That's what makes him good last year, and he was able to drive. And he shot very efficiently last year. Like when he was there, you went from fifty percent to forty-five. So that's not a small drop, and that's because, yeah. like you said, the Kawhi influence. So. Like they had last year, Kawhi to push them over the edge. They missed that this year. So they probably yeah. would have won again, like Jeff said. And I think you jury can use that when it comes to pitching for other free agents and say, listen, you come here and you will regret it if you leave. It's not that you'll regret it if you come. Toronto's a great city. Like you're not going to cool miss city. a very multicultural city. Um, for someone like you, Giannis, who's from Europe, it's probably the closest to a European city that you're going to find like in North America. He's European, man. Thank you. What was that? I'm glad you said that. He's a European man. Thank you very much. <laughs> He's definitely not that. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. Well, appreciate that. That's name. The anglicization of his name. But um, yeah, um, Toronto is not exactly a hard sell. It's a fantastic city. Um, if you've and been. Now. And they've won a chip. So that gives it the validity now. Do you, do you see where I'm coming from? And then you can tell him or anybody who goes there free agent meeting that, hey, if you leave here, you're going to regret it. You see where I'm coming from. So, yeah. Yeah, they, they, they just continue to hang out, um, hang around and, and, and be a player. And not many teams can boast having a, a top coach, top GM, and a, a great president of, of operations in, in, in Maasai. And it seems that once you have those three things in place, as long as they've got the right pieces in terms of players, you're always going to be a, a tough out in, in this league because there's so many teams who don't, you know? So, yeah, they'll, they'll be lurking. They'll be looking at Giannis, hoping they can get a, a Giannis to come over. And if maybe not Giannis, um, I think they look at Embiid. I mean, we, we, we have our question marks about Embiid, but the talent is un, undeniable. Um, yeah, we'll, yeah we'll, 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 keep a, we'll keep a lookout for the Raptors. And, and with that, I want to thank you both for your time this afternoon. Jeff, always a pleasure. Always welcome whenever we can get you. Okay. Okay, you're just K, man. You know, yes, always here, always reliable, always, always doing your thing. So, brothers, as always, stay blessed. Sports Social Podcast Network.